Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, and Happy New Year. Dr. Ross Green here, coming to you as always, live from the offices of Lives in the Balance here in Portland, Maine, and joined by my co-host, Susie Porton, who's coming to us live from upstate New York. Susie, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Happy New Year, and how are you? I am doing just fine. Um, it was good to get a little relaxation in there, and now it's all hitting the fan yet again. <laughs> um, but you know what? That's um, how a lot of people feel today, I think. Yep. Um, uh, did you have a good holiday? Uh, yes, we did. Thank you. Good. And it's a whole lot colder than it was before we did our last radio program. Um, let's give the call-in number. People want to give a shout here on the first program of 2013. It's 347-994-2981. And, and Susie, here's your one. line. There you go. We've got that part down pat. Um, but we don't know how many callers at the moment, so shall we? Well, first of all, do you have anything you want to start with today? Um. I wanted to mention to our listeners that you, um, in the What's New section on the Lives in the Balance website, you recently wrote an article in Attachment Traumas Network's Therapeutic Parenting Journal on Collaborative and Proactive Solutions, and I think our listeners might find it of interest. Also, I think they might. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, just to say that Lives in the Balance and GEAR are uh, sponsoring a special training for parents in Ellsworth, Maine, on January 25th. So that's something to look forward to as well. There's also a few that aren't posted yet that I'm doing for parents um, in Ontario coming up. Oh, great. But those will be posted as soon as they are finalized. Um, what else? Well, I am, um, I've recently joined Facebook to find out uh, what was going on with parents. And um, I noticed on their page that two parents posted an article about an Oklahoma senator who wants to punish misbehaving students with fines instead of school suspensions. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. What what, what are they doing again? I, I didn't quite catch that. He wants to punish misbehaving students with fines, charging them $50 instead of school suspensions. Huh. Well, that's extremely creative. Uh, <laughs> I guess... I guess our the human capacity for creativity when it comes to adult-imposed consequences knows no bounds. However, it's a consequence, and um, it's a punishment. And, um, 
geez, you know, there's almost almost anything would be better than suspending a kid um, and paddling a kid and giving the kid a detention. But um, fining a kid 50 bucks isn't going to help us figure out what skills the kid is lacking, isn't going to help us figure out and solve the problems that are causing the kid's challenging behavior that he's being fined for in the first place. And I dare say it's going to be an even greater hardship for the kids who can't afford the 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. So I guess my response to that was pretty predictable. A punishment is a punishment is a punishment. Susie, we have a caller. Great. Let's go to area code 215. Caller, you are on the line. Our first caller of 2016. How are you today? I am well, and um, I want to thank you and Susie for everything that you do. Uh, We are the parents of a son, age 12, who basically has been challenging since we can remember. Uh, He's had behavioral support, wraparound services since preschool, and ultimately was, you know, throughout the years has been diagnosed with um, ODD, then that led to ADHD, uh, extreme behavior disorder, disruptive behavior disorder, things along that line. He has poor social skills. He has very poor peer relations, poor sibling relations, poor um, respect for peers and adults, low self-esteem and cognitive, poor cognitive skills. So he basically lights up um, the ALSA. We are just getting our feet wet with this process, and I really can't thank you enough for um, I was um, introduced to you in this approach through a uh, parent support provider when my son, um, earlier this year, actually in the fall, um, he was suspended from school. Now, he was suspended from school multiple times since fourth grade. He now is in sixth grade, was dismissed from our Catholic school early in the year because the teacher basically did not want to manage him at all. Um, he just kind of came upon a very rigid teacher who um, was not willing to listen to the behavioral support suggestions. Um, but all along, we were using a reward and punishment kind of approach with him through psychologists and psychiatrists and, and whatnot. So anyway, he's been um, since he's been in the uh, public school, he's had um, an IEP. And my question to the team last spring was this, just isn't working. We've got to come up with a different approach. I didn't, I didn't really know where to go with that. Started school this year. He gets suspended. Um, he has a tendency to use racial slurs on occasion. And um, we had even put him in a very, very, very expensive social thinking camp. Uh, it was like a three-week camp over the summer that was designed for kids just like our son. He lasted a week, uh, used some racial slurs at this camp to two different um, children, and he was ultimately sent home. They said that um, they, you know, they really could not manage him, and because of what he was doing, that he was not allowed to stay. So it seemed a little counterintuitive. We were sending him there for that reason, but um, either which way. So He obviously has, you know, very poor skills. He also has these poor skills 
interactions at home with his siblings. His siblings have basically said they just really don't like him. He's the youngest of um, three kids. My Our older two are two girls, and really nobody likes to be around him. So we tried a uh, to, to kind of get our feet wet. We did try a very simple um, plan B over, you know, one of the multitude of unsolved problems we do have. He has a pile of them, and we wanted to get our feet wet, so we tried it with simply just getting showered at night. And we did make some headway. He's actually getting showered every night without much prompting, and we were kind of grateful for that and see that the process does work. We want to approach this, however, with the interactions with the kids the siblings, hoping that maybe it'll have some effect on his peer relations as well. But I don't even know where to start with a unsolved problem with him when it re- when it relates to how he interacts with the kids. You know, simply at dinner time, he has a hard time, you know, interacting with them. His comments are flip and rude and nasty, and it just kind of turns everybody off. So that's kind of where um, um, we're struggling because it's we kind of revert back to our thinking is that he's just mean and nasty instead of that he's got lagging skills. Well, no one would want to be mean and nasty, especially given the kind of feedback he seems to be getting from virtually everybody. So first of all, thanks for calling in. But secondly... Um, it does sound like you've he's lit up the board with lagging skills, and it does sound like the pile of unsolved problems is is deep. So I'm glad you've had some initial success with Plan B. The you know the writing of an unsolved problem for dinner time won't be the hardest part here. The hardest part for you, it sounds to me like, is um, uh, just the sheer magnitude of the pile of unsolved problems. You're going to be at this for a while. Right. But it it also sounds like the racial slurs and what we're calling the mean comments um, cut across multiple environments and um, get him in hot water and have people feeling ill toward him across multiple environments. So it sounds like a good choice for a high-priority unsolved problem. And to tell you the truth, I'm intrigued, as I always am, because I sure am interested in hearing what he has to say about that. Now, we can't word the unsolved problem, and it sounds like you've learned quite a bit, by the way. I don't know if you've read The Explosive Child or done the website or both, but um, you're pretty well-versed. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm very obsessed and um, with this process. I read the book, and I think I've listened to the past podcast cast like three times. It's, I feel like it's my therapy. <laughs> Got it. Well, good. We're we're glad to we're glad that it's doing that. Um, the, the we can't say to him difficulty not. We could, but we wouldn't prefer to choose it this way because it's got challenging behavior in it. Difficulty not using racial slurs or difficulty not saying mean things to your sisters at dinner. I wouldn't want to do that, right? We would rather go with what the expectation is. So now let me ask you, what's your expectation for how he should 
conduct himself in his interactions with his sisters at dinner? I, the expectation is just not to say something rude back. So when, would you say speaking kindly? Yes, that's, that's the speaking kindly. And in all fairness to him, it mm-hmm. you know, I hear you say a lot of takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. The, the other side of the table and the other comments are already heightened because of past mm-hmm. experience with him. Got so, it. you know, it's it's hard to tell the girls, you know, let's try we're going to try this differently when they've had it. We've all had it. You know, it's not just them. Well, but if we rewind the tape and this is what really has me curious. These comments that he's making um do, do they occur out of the blue? Do they occur almost always in response to something that's frustrating him? So, for example, um, one of your daughters saying something that is not wonderful and then your son responding with something that is just over the top in terms of unkind, but still in the same, but still not inconsistent with the tone of the interactions and the two to the that it takes to tango theme. Is he is he doing this stuff out of the blue, or is this stuff um, almost always in response to frustration? I think it's a little combination of the two, but I, I think it's mostly frustration. I think he tries to he wants to try to have a conversation. He doesn't know what he doesn't. I don't know if he, you know, he doesn't know how to have maybe a nice conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, they tell me, which is a skill, and I, uh, correct? And they, they tell me at school sometimes that he really his responses are just sometimes so inappropriate, and they are, you know, they they're so frustrated with that because he's pushing friends away, and he just pushes people away. Where so I think it's frustration. Um, like my daughter but it, would. It also say, sounds like it. It also sounds like it could be. And we're not going to know until we ask him, by the way. But it all, this is what we adults are famous for. Um, we theorize, and then we find out what's really going on. But I'm also hearing, I think, about a kid who is lacking, if I'm hearing you correctly, some pretty basic social skills about how to interact with people. Do you think yeah, that's accurate? That's point, it's, yeah, it's point on. Um, he does lack those social skills tremendously. He just doesn't know how to. But yet, at the same time, he's a child who, if he would meet you, he would walk up to you and shake your hand. You know, there's a little dichotomy there. Like, he knows, you know, that to me is can is a little bit of a dichotomy. Um, well, it's two different skills. Walking up to somebody okay. and shaking their hand is one skill. Knowing how to start a conversation is another skill. So even though they're both in sort of a global um, social skills realm. We are mm-hmm. talking about different skills here. Um, so, you know, here, here's what it sounds like a little bit. And so here's my, well, before I say what it sounds like a little bit, we're, we're not going to be able to, because he sounds a little complicated, the, the next, we're not going to be able to, what we can do on this program is give you guidance on using the model. Okay. But it's harder for us to sort of give you um an impression based on what we might call a comprehensive evaluation because we're not doing one. 
has he had a comprehensive evaluation by anybody? Uh, yes, over the yes, he has because he's had you know testing done at school, and he's had um, you know at one point when we were seeing a psychiatrist, um, you know, a psychologist, he's was tested. We recently just took him to a developmental pediatrician just to make sure that we weren't missing anything glaring. Um, and it was basically another, it was a repeat appointment. We saw this developmental pediatrician when he was six years old with the same thought, are we missing anything? Is is this more than what we've been told by, you know, behavioral support people and things like that? And, and again, we saw her again, just again, what are we missing here? Anything? And, and she kind of concurs that we're not looking at anything glaring, um, you know, um, when I say glaring, I mean we're not missing anything. He is a complex boy with, you know, a lot of issues, maybe some anxieties. The psychiatric piece did not seem all that effective. He was being treated for ADHD, but the meds weren't working very well at all. And um, we have seen multiple psychologists, and the most recent psychologist that we saw was very plan A, and I'm going back probably a year, you know, he's to do what you're told because you're the parents, you know, take everything out of his room, strip his room, if he misbehaves, if he doesn't want to go to soccer practice, you force him to go to soccer practice because you're the parent, you know, and again, we were just plugging along thinking this is how we should be managing him, Um, so we haven't had any recent evaluations because that's what our past history of was with evaluations. So the developmental pediatrician on the repeat visit has told you that you're not missing anything. Correct. Can you can you give me a little information about what it is that we believe is known about your son and explanations that have been provided to you about um, why his, and I'll just stick with one realm here, why, for example, his social interactions frequently don't go very well. What, what's the explanation for that? What do we think we know? What do I think we know? What have the reports said we know? What do the mental health professionals say we know? Because I've got this bad feeling that despite, and I this happens a lot, so don't, I mean, um, this is not unique to your situation, is that after all of these mental health professionals and all of these evaluations, we still may not understand your son very well. Do right. You, do you think yeah, so? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that that's that's probably true. Um, that's probably true. I mean, what I, do we all think we know, we know though? Go ahead. Yeah. All we know at this point is that he has uh, poor social skills, <laughs> poor cognitive skills, and he's has like extreme behavior disorder. Okay. Well, I mean, nothing more than that, except for the diagnosis of ADHD and ODD. Those are really global. Right. And I, I mean, I feel bad about it. How old is he again? Twelve. Boy, he and you guys have been living this with it for the, with this for a very long time. Yeah. And um, without really any guideposts on specific enough guideposts anyways on who we got here 
and what should we be doing? So I'm I'm really glad you called. Um, as it relates to the model, and, and by the way, if it's feasible, you're always welcome to come up to Portland, Maine, to our clinic up here, and um, we're happy to tell you what we think. So that's okay. always an option. Okay. My guess is the wait's really long, though. <laughs> um, you'd be surprised. On, on that, the wait isn't as long as you might think. Um, there's other things you would wait forever, but on that, you wouldn't be waiting that long. Um, but for me, this is a good example of sometimes lots of mental health professionals and lots of evaluations still don't help us home in on the specific skills a kid is lacking and the problems that are being caused by those lagging skills. So one of the things I'm homing in on here is, I'm, and I'm betting you have this one checked off in the lagging skill section, is um, lacking basic social skills, starting a mm-hmm. conversation, entering a group. Yes. Those, those diagnoses won't tell us that. And it's conceivable that the reports and the evaluations haven't told you that either, but that's something that people could be working with your son on. But if we go back to the original unsolved problem that you started with, because we need info. We need information from your son about what's getting in his way, right? Um, Information that the diagnoses and the evaluations might not even give us anyways. I think we're looking at difficulty speaking kindly to sisters during dinner. And I might actually keep it to one sister, and I might name her name. Um, And so here's what it would sound like. Um, Son, it sounds like I've noticed you have difficulty speaking kindly to your sister, let's say her name is Jenna, during dinner. What's up? Now we're interested in hearing what he has to say. And I don't know what he's going to say. You might think you have an idea of what he's going to say. Based on what I've heard, he might say, I wouldn't speak unkindly to her if she wasn't speaking unkindly to me. She might say, he might say that. He might say, I'm just trying to start a conversation with her and he might say, I'm trying to be funny. I have no idea what he's going to say, but we are really 100% reliant on what he says for us to know, now what do we do? Because ADHD doesn't tell me what to do. Oppositional defiant disorder doesn't tell me what to do. He's lacking social skills doesn't tell me what to do. We need to get to the next level of specificity. What's getting in this kid's way? Right. And I think we need to hear it from the horse's mouth. That may be, first of all, good for you for trying plan B, good for you for doing the ALSIP, but it does sound like you need someone to do something more comprehensive than just help you with plan B. That's the help we're able to provide on this program, but it sure would be nice if you had somebody saying to you, here's what you got, here's what you ought to be doing. Okay. I'm trying to I, – I did go on the CPS Connection website, and there is a um, certified provider, not near us, um, but, you know, she's really hard to get an appointment with. So, you know, I think this hoping, is the one in New Jersey. Correct. And I'm hoping um, to get to see her, but, um, you know, the will what. so long. Send, go to the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website. Okay. Um, 
and we'll see what we can do to see if we can get you in to see her. We'll just let her know it would be great if she could see you sooner than later. Okay. Okay. Do you, do you ever do any anything in this? You know, obviously you can see where I'm calling from. But yes. um, do you ever come down to this area for anything? Frequently. But okay. um, to tell you the truth, it would be better for you to get something that is specific to your son. Okay. Okay. Not just a generic talk. Um, okay. That doesn't mean you wouldn't get something out of, out of a generic talk. Many people do. But given how long you've been doing this, given how mm-hmm. long he's been struggling, given how deep the pile of unsolved problems are, um, I think you would benefit even more from something that is specifically tailored to your son and what's going on with him. Okay. Now, before we that let you be- go, Susie's been Susie's been waiting patiently to weigh in here. Um, Susie has been there, um, done that with kid with a son who um, was challenging for quite a long time before good help showed up on the scene. Susie, any words of encouragement? Uh, yes, I I understand that you're going through a very difficult time. But that's the beauty of the model is that it offers hope. Um, We, as Dr. Green just said, we had a similar situation with my son, and he said and did very mean things to his siblings. We worked on one unsolved problem for a very long time, um, and that was to be civil uh, to his family members. Um, I, I understand that how it's, um, you don't like the child and you don't like what they're doing to your family. It's, uh, very challenging. Um, but the, the philosophy of CPS that children do well if they can was my mantra that, really kept me going and offered me, provided me with the right lenses that he was lacking the skills and he had this pile of unsolved problems. Um, So I just, you know, wanted you to know that underneath there is a good kid um, underneath the lagging skills and under and unsolved problems, you don't want to pathologize the kid. It's it's a family problem. It's not just your son. Um, Mom, I think you get to see that good side every once in a while, eh? Yeah, you know, it's it's true because since we've let since you know my husband and I are maybe not quite on the same. We're on the same road but we are you know he's a little bit further behind than I am let's just say I mean he we like I said we still sometimes revert back to you know our old thinking I'm trying to stay a little bit more you know a little bit more focused um but since we've let up a little bit with the consequences you do see him being a little bit quote easier on a daily basis um to, because he he was being consequenced for every single thing, every single day, all the time. He would come home from school with a uh, bad pro- progress report, and we would take away every you know, take away everything at home. 
And then it just snowballs into awfulness. This this process, the CPS model, takes a while to get good at, but your child sees you as a helpful parent, one who's listening, and you develop a helping relationship with your child by working through unsolved problems and solving um solving them and you gradually rebuild a relationship you know the positive you know, but you're also describing a pretty common scenario and that is let's say we're right he's lacking skills and let's say it's also true that consequences do not teach those skills um we can begin to imagine what your life, your son's experience of life is and how he's beginning to react to that experience of life. Right. He's having trouble making things better on his own, but he's getting consequenced left and right. Um, you know, whether the current stream of unpleasantness is because only because he's lacking basic social skills or because he's basically saying, um, y'all are being mean to me. It's not helping. I'll be mean back. Right. Um, those words may have even come out of his mouth. I've heard that many times. But here's the nice thing about this program. It's recorded, and I usually remember. I've got about a 98% hit rate on this. It'll be posted on the What's New page of the Lives in the Balance website um, sometime today. Your husband can listen. Okay. <laughs> and let me extend the offer again. Either it, Let's either get you in quickly to see uh, either me up here in Portland, Maine, or the clinician in New Jersey. Once you decide how you want to go with that, Use the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website, and we'll see if we can speed things along for you. Great. That would be great. And I uh, appreciate, really, I appreciate just coming upon you. I really do. It, it has made it easier. So thank you. That's what we're here for, and we appreciate your bravery in calling in, and we wish you the best of luck. Let's see if we can help you beyond this call, though. Great. Thank you very much. You bet. Bye-bye. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, just beginning that road. The yeah. journey has begun, but at least the journey has begun. Right. Let's turn our attention to some email, shall we? Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting one. Uh, thank you for your materials. I appreciate the foundational paradigm that you're asking me to take, and my wife and I are hopeful. It's still a stumbling block for me to accept, and I can also appreciate that my success with plan B will only be realized if I accept your premise. What's holding me back? Although it's still my knee-jerk reaction to impose my will on my child, uh, in parentheses, upbringing images of how dad or uncle so-and-so did it, I do realize the losing proposition of might makes right. So I'm willing to use this method, CPS, for the good of my family and my child's upbringing, my problem. What about society? What about my child's boss? 
What about the rest of the world that doesn't really care that someone has lagging skills? They simply need the person to uh, step up or step out. This is a hurdle for me. I feel like I need my child to know that although we will be empathetic in the home and take the time to invest in his lagging skills, the rest of the world doubtfully will. I feel like I'm doing him a disservice for world skills to be cater- so catering to his needs. Please help me get over this hurdle so that I can fully embrace Plan B. Thank you. Well, Dad, you've written into the right place. Um, Here's the advantage of viewing your son's behavioral problems as a developmental delay. It opens up a whole universe of interventions that we apply and mentalities that we apply to other developmental delays. And here's the cool part. With other developmental delays, society does not simply tell the person to step up or step out. That's why kids who have difficulty reading, writing, difficulty with language processing, difficulty with math, in most places these days, get identified and get the help they need so that they learn the skills that are going to be required for life in the real world. Um, That's the advantage of viewing this as a developmental delay, and it is a huge advantage. Number one, it's true. Number two, it helps us respond to behaviorally challenging kids with the exact same compassion and pretty much the same approach as we would with any other developmental delay. You see, we have a double standard when it comes to behavior. Um, Challenging behavior is just as much due to lagging skills as any other developmental delay. But with challenging behavior, we have historically taken a completely different stance. Actually, even with many developmental delays, we have historically taken a completely different stance. Kids with difficulty reading used to be characterized as lazy or dumb, but nobody says that anymore. Now, because of what we've learned about kids who have difficulty reading, based on the research, we now know Kids who have difficulty reading are lacking skills, and often those skills can be taught so that this kid can be a better reader in the real world. What the research of the last 40 to 50 years tells us is that behaviorally challenging kids are lacking skills, and those skills make it difficult for them to meet some of our expectations. If we help them meet those expectations, not through might makes right, because that's just going to cause conflict, and that's just going to create an adversarial tone between us and the kid. But if we do it collaboratively and proactively, kids slowly but surely start meeting our expectations, the expectations of the real world, start learning the skills that are going to be required in the real world, And we start being a whole lot more optimistic about how they're going to do in the real world. So you're not catering to his needs. You're being responsive to the hand you've been dealt. And that's the definition of good parenting. But might makes right isn't going to help your child meet those expectations and isn't going to teach him the skills he's lacking 
That's why we're doing it this way. Um, you want to take it one month at a time, slowly but surely. You're going to start feeling a whole lot more optimistic about how your son is going to do in the real world. Susie, I bet you have some thoughts on that. Well, I just want to reiterate that by solving problems collaboratively and proactively, you are indirectly teaching the skills that are so badly lagging. But I also wanted to mention that in the real world, it is necessary to have the skills for flexibility, adaptability, problem solving, and frustration tolerance. You don't want blind adherence to authority. So by uh, participating, by the child and the adult participating in Plan B, they're taking responsibility and you are setting limits. Susie, did you, when you were learning Plan B, have a similar concern? Um, I hear it from parents a lot. Um, what about the real world? Um, what if he has a Plan A boss someday? And my quick response has always been, well, a Plan A boss is a problem to be solved. That's a skill kids learn in Plan B. Um, do you remember concerns that you might have had about would Plan B translate into the real world? And by the way, before you answer, I should mention, I don't think the world is mostly comprised of Plan A. The real world has expectations. When a person is having difficulty meeting those expectations, um, is Plan A what they usually get? And, of course, the example people always give is, what if he gets pulled over for speeding someday? And the other one is, what if he has a plan A boss someday who's imposing solutions? And both of those things could happen. But in a big part of the real world, what's required of people is that they be able to articulate their concerns in ways that other people can understand. Uh, you don't learn that skill um, through might makes right. Take other people's concerns into account. You're not going to learn that skill through might makes right and work together with people on solutions that are realistic and mutually satisfactory, you're not going to learn that skill through might makes right. You're going to learn all of those skills through plan B. But now I've delayed your response. Do you remember worrying about that? And what was the outcome? Well, we found someone who understood and whose approach made sense to us. Um, our situation was so difficult and challenging at the time that I was more focused in the present um, and not, I just had faith in the model. Um, I didn't really question about skill skills for the real world. I, I, just thought that um, all of this made sense and um, it was helping our son. Got it. Well, Dad, 
feel free to call in. That might be as far as we can take you just by responding to your email. Um, if it helps, a lot of parents struggle with that. Regrettably, what brings a lot of parents to the model is the fact that Mike makes right in working in their household and, in fact, is making things downright ugly. Um, that's too bad because um, you don't really have to start with might makes right. Why, why is might makes right the default intervention? Is that really what we want to be starting with? Um, I think we'd all be a whole lot better off if the default was plan B. Let's try to get one more email in here before we're done for today. Mm-hmm. This one says, I'm just starting to implement Plan B in our household. First of all, good for you, Mom. Unfortunately, we are stuck on the first step. What happens when the only response you get from the child is him screaming that he doesn't want to talk about what you noticed? We can't get any further because he is completely shut down before we even begin. I've tried numerous times to do this proactively and in the moment of his... Now, I don't understand this sentence. I've tried numerous times proactively and in the moment of his anger, and he won't open up to share his concern or perspective. Here is an example. I noticed that you, uh, here's the dead giveaway. I noticed that you just got very angry when I told you that you couldn't have a piece of candy. I noticed that you get angry when you are told no. What's up with that? His response while screaming at me was, stop talking to you. Talk to me. Why do you keep saying that? I'm not talking about this. And then he walks away. How can I get to the other steps if I'm only met with more anger and no response? Well, Mom, you need the list because you don't want to be doing plan B in the moment almost ever. That's almost always going to be a losing proposition. So let's get that off out of the repertoire almost immediately. If you're saying just in your introduction to the empathy step, you must be doing it in the heat of the moment, not good timing. He's already heated up. You're going to get things like, stop talking to me. Why do you keep saying that I'm not talking about this? Now, let's say you're doing it proactively. On the Lives in the Balance website, um, I would strongly recommend And this is a good example of if we don't get the unsolved problem worded well, and if we don't get our timing down, you're not going to get to the other two steps because you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot right from the word go. We don't want you to do that. You want to go to the guided, the walking tour for parents. If you haven't taken it already, if you've already taken it but skipped past the second part, which is identify lagging skills and unsolved problems you're going to find a 45-minute audio program on how to write those unsolved problems because you need your list and you want to word the unsolved problems well. And what you're going to find is that um, you want to leave the behavior out so angry won't be in the unsolved problem. You want to be specific so told no is not going to be in the unsolved problem. Um, We want to word those unsolved problems well because what we're noticing is that if we don't, plan B comes to a screeching halt. We don't want that to happen, but there's resources on the Lives in the Balance waiting for you to do it even better. 
and Susie, we're about to run out of time, but any other quick comments on that one? Yeah, sometimes um, it's important to have a conversation about not talking and to tell the child that he's not in trouble, you're not mad at him, you're not telling him what to do, you're just trying to understand that unsolved problems that have been causing challenging behavior for a very long time, you're kind of slugging through mud. You're not enemies, but you are trying to um, understand. On that note, we are going to call it a day for today. Susie, good to be doing this with you again another year. Yes. And um, thanks to our mom who called and told us what was going on in our household, as well as to our emailer. There were a bunch of emails we didn't get to today, but that's what next week is for. Talk to you next week. Thanks. Okay, sounds good. Take care.